Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific shares are trading lower this morning amid concerns about a new variant of COVID-19. Tokyo is down more than three quarters of a percent. Seoul and Sydney are trading lower as well. Joining me now as we break down all the market action for you this Monday morning. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Happy Monday, Michelle. Good to have you here. Listen, investor sentiment this week is likely to be dominated by a term that didn't exist just a few days ago, but which is already upending markets and leading countries to reassess their travel and COVID-19 strategies. I am talking about Omicron, the new strain of coronavirus that has emerged in South Africa and which apparently already has a foothold in several European nations. The Dow Jones Industrial Average tumbled 900 points or 2.5% on Friday. That is its worst single-day performance of the year. The selling is continuing in Asia this morning. We'll examine the market impact more closely in just a moment, but first Ryan, bring us up to speed. What do we and what do we not know about this new variant of COVID-19? Yeah, to give you a bit of a an overview of Omicron, the latest variant, uh, it is a bit of a concern because it has a large number of mutations. And this impacts how the virus behaves. And effectively, it could mean the current vaccines may not be as efficient as before against this variant. So that is what is causing the um, jitters across markets and pretty much everywhere in the the various business industries that we have so much we don't know yet. So a lot of the research is still underway. And I think we need to wait a bit more before we have more details about the exact implications around uh, Omicron. So the World Health Organization on Friday said Omicron is, quote, a variant of concern, but the South African doctors who triggered the alarm say the symptoms are mild. She says dozens of her patients who have contracted the Omicron variant have recovered fully without hospitalization. So, Ryan, let's look at market impact. Now, investors began selling stocks off across Asia-Pacific on Friday, with European markets suffering their worst day since June 2020. Now, it may seem a little obvious, but tell us, what is the biggest fear that markets face now when it comes to Omicron? And how does it affect the market narrative? Yeah, Michelle, the couple of factors at play here, you might remember we've been talking about record highs on Wall Street for a couple of weeks. And this is just setting up markets ripe for selling. And this is the latest excuse for markets to take profit. And with the um, uncertainty that Omicron brings about, there are just so many question marks. People are just selling first and asking questions later. And when we talk about the time needed for clarity, um, what we have from the likes of, for example, BioNTech, they are saying you know, it might take two weeks for first data to come out from their research. And um, if you look at what Citigroup, their researchers are saying it could take two to eight weeks for all these um, jitters to play out, for markets to figure out what's going on. But in that space, there's going to be a vacuum of information as we uh, see more things unfold, the implications, the spread of the uh, latest variants. So all that is going to be a wait-and-see approach. And for now, we are seeing investors just going to the sidelines first and just playing it safe. 
We should note that Friday was only half a day of trade in the U.S., with many investors still really enjoying their Thanksgiving holidays. So market turnover, not as high as it could have been. If you look at Asia-Pacific trade this morning, Ryan, and the U.S. futures market, it does appear that the markets are set to rebound as more traders come back to the office, doesn't it? Was Friday's sell-off a buying opportunity or the start of a period of increased volatility? Yeah, this is a good point. Um, we did get the Thursday Thanksgiving holiday and then a half-day trading session there. So any moves would have been amplified. And right now, if I look at what's happening across Asia, uh, after the flight to safety on Friday, uh, we are actually seeing some signs of composure coming back. For example, if you look at where we are for some of the indexes, the currencies markets, um, if we look at the safe haven currencies, the Japanese yen was up 1.4% versus greenback at 113.5. That rebounds from the weakest level in four years last week. And it is seeing some um, tentative signs of a slight recovery or a slight retracement this morning. And we are looking at the greenback gaining back around 0.5% versus the yen right now. So the yen uh, dropping by 0.5% after gaining 1.4%. And if you look at where we are for the more sensitive type of currencies, the Aussie dollar, for example, which is exposed to the commodities trade, that was down on Friday by 0.7% to a one-year low. And looking at where we are for the Aussie dollar right now, it's gaining back a bit. 0.3% higher this morning by um, 71 at 71.3 cents. And that is also the same picture for oil. After plunging by over 12% on Friday, it's also starting to recover slightly this morning. One company or one sector's misery always appears to be another's gain. So stay-at-home stocks like Zoom and Peloton attracted renewed buying interest on Friday. Shares of both companies closed up more than 5%. The overall negative sentiment affected a lot more than equities. Oil suffered its worst day of the year. West Texas crude dropped 13% to fall below 70 US dollars a barrel. Brent suffered a double-digit fall as well. It looks so that oil prices are now rallying back, at least a little. What is the latest in the commodity markets, Ryan? Yeah, Michelle, let's check in with the oil prices right now. And we are seeing oil prices. Let's start with WTI. It's at 71.36. It's up this morning by nearly 5%. And this is after breaking below $70 per barrel on Friday. And Brent is up around 4% at $25.70. So you are seeing at least... On this front, the commodity space for oil prices, that seems to be um, recovering partially. And of course, we do have the OPEC Plus meeting later this week. And according to reports, they so far are leaning towards ditching, returning more oil to the markets in light of Omicron and as a response to how that might just weigh down on prices even further. So that's going to be one to watch later this week. And there is that sense that there um, is more optimism or at least some composure coming back to the markets. Looking at the futures for tonight, uh, you've got the Nasdaq set to open higher by 0.9%. The S&P 500 set to open 0.7% in the green. And Dow futures pointing to gains of 0.5%. So, is maybe pointing to maybe uh, an overreaction from Friday.
Now, the overall negative sentiment, no refuge found on Friday in the cryptocurrency markets either. Bitcoin experiencing a sell-off as well. It dropped about 8% to nearly $54,000 a token. It is back up to around the 58000 level again now. Ryan, does Friday's drop undercut the argument that cryptocurrencies are a hedge against traditional market risks? Yeah, it certainly looks that way. It was a sell-off across the board. Bitcoin was not spared. And if you look at where Bitcoin traded on Friday, it was down nearly 8%. So that is pretty much people just getting out of anything to do with risk assets. But actually, if you look at what's happening this morning, also a very very similar picture. We are seeing Bitcoin prices coming back up again. It's now trading higher by 0.8%. Or rather one percent at fifty-seven dollars, or rather fifty-seven thousand dollars and eight fifty-eight thousand dollars right now. It just keeps moving, so it is uh, starting to move up higher this morning as we speak. Um, this, of course, after a plunge of over eight percent last Friday. Now. Airlines are scrambling to adjust to fast-changing travel rules. Many countries immediately block travel from South Africa and its neighbours. Singapore has delayed the opening of several vaccinated travel lanes with countries in the Middle East. And one of the big questions everyone wants an answer to is this. Will the current COVID-19 vaccines protect against Omicron? And if not, how long will it take to develop a new one? Well, Moderna has a possible answer to at least part of the question and it sounds reassuring ryan what does moderna say could get a vaccine up by okay so good news or bad news depending on how you read into it they say it could be ready by early 2022 so maybe a few more months depends on how you want to stretch it Um, but it does mean you have to wait so there is going to be this stretch for a few months where you might not have a vaccine that is effective against the latest variant. So it is going to be, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, coming sooner than we um, hope. Indeed, sooner than we hope, hopefully. Uh, The UK has called for an emergency meeting of G7 health ministers. They're going to meet today. Now, one last note about Omicron before we turn to other news, and this is a little on the lighter side. Now, it seems that the WHO has skipped some letters when choosing the name for this new variant. Why is that, Ryan? Uh, so this is interesting because uh, we were looking out for this new variant to be called the Mu variant or NU. So this would have been the next Greek letter or maybe the next one, which is CXI. So we now have Omicron, which is the third one they, they jumped over. So this is, I guess, a reflection of what is a bit of policy at play here. And this is over two things. One is they wanted to avoid confusion. So Nu, they felt, or Mu, uh, that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> right? So it does cause a lot of confusion. There's mm. no confusion over how to pronounce it. Uh, some people call it Mu, some ah, call it Nu. Okay. It sounds like new as well. Right. And you have the other one called C, which of course raises a lot of references. Mm-hmm. And the reason WHO decided not to go with that is that it would violate the organization's guidelines to name diseases, which is mm-hmm. to avoid causing offense to any cultural, social, national, regional, professional, or ethnic groups. So that is why we ended up with Omicron. Instead of C, which has resonances, of course, for China. All right. Aside from Omicron and COVID-19, what else do investors have on their radars this week, Ryan? Okay, quite 
an interesting calendar in the coming days. And of course, today we've got the Singapore-Malaysia VTL opening up. So that's going to be one to watch. Um, and you have also on the calendar tomorrow a meeting by Grab's SPAC company, which is the company they are expected to merge with. So that company will be holding an EGM to vote on the deal. And we might get a date for that SPAC listing. Some dates being floated include December the 2nd. So something to look out for in the coming days. On Wednesday, mm-hmm. we have the third quarter GDP data from Australia and before Omicron it was expected that the Australian economy would bounce back but now there is going to be a few question marks being raised around that so that's on Wednesday and on Thursday finally you have an IPO from Cloud Village so that'll be one to watch coming through from NetEaser's music streaming unit all right, time for corporate news and a Monday morning game of up or down. Ryan, are you ready? Let's go. AMC and Sony. Okay, I would be going up for AMC and Sony. That's because they are banking on the next big thing, which is NFTs. They are mm-hmm. offering people NFTs, those who buy Spider-Man movie tickets in advance. So if you've got a ticket in the US, you will be able to get hold of a limited edition NFT that features, of course, Spider-Man. For free, I might add, right? If you buy an advance ticket for the new Spider-Man film, mm. you get the non-fungible token or NFT for free because AMC and Sony are collaborating. So I'm going to go with up for both. Let's look at Didi Chu Singh. Okay, this is going to be a down for me because China has asked apparently Didi to delist from the US over security fears. So that's going to be a bit of a blow to his capital raising plans. And it is going to be one to watch to see how they execute this. It is a down. There is talk that Chinese regulators will force delist uh, the delisting of DD from the NYSE and just how that plans out, how it's executed. A lot of investors are trained on that. Locally listed Marco Polo Marine, Ryan. Yeah, Marco Polo Marine is um, good news. It's riding on good news. So mm-hmm. it's up for me and it has reversed into the black its half-year ended September 30th. And this was driven by growth from both its ship chartering and shipbuilding and repair operations segments. So it is doing well in the past few months. Yeah, back in the black. So shipbuilding and repair businesses both experiencing solid growth. Good news for locally listed Marco Polo Marine. Up for me. Let's look at NetEase. Okay, NetEase is an up for me. And they have the IPO on Thursday and they have raised 432 or rather $422 million in this Hong Kong IPO. And it's one to watch because we've been talking about a crackdown happening in China and this could just change the mood there for more listings to come back on again. Yeah, the music app reportedly set to raise more than 420 million US dollars for NetEase in its Hong Kong IPO. Shares of the company begin trading on Thursday. All right, I don't know how you behave, Ryan, on Black Friday, but how did Black Friday sales do overall? I am going with down for Black Friday because I'm looking at Adobe's estimates for this year Mm -hmm. and they are pointing to Black Friday online sales dipping for the first time ever. So it is something I I guess was expecting, you know, there are just so many sales going on these days. 
That's true. It's hard to get excited uh, about one after you've just had 11-11. Sales still below pre-pandemic levels as well. So it looks like a down for Black Friday sales. It could be that shoppers are just spacing out their buying more than before. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 21 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index drawing the regional sell-off on Friday, tumbling 1.7% to 31.66. Opening trades like Gunting Singapore, Singapore Airlines, they suffered their worst losses. So, Ryan, how are these companies and the SDI trading this morning? Are they recouping any of Friday's losses or are they coming under more selling pressure? Yeah, talking about another shopping event. It's Cyber Monday today as well. So, no (laughs) buying here as well for stocks. It's pretty much red across the screen and Mm -hmm. you've got STI underwater by nearly 1% at 3,136. And looking at the STI, only Four counters are in the green and they are Ascenders REIT at 0.7% up, followed by Maple Tree Logistics Trust, Capital DC REIT and finally SGX. Otherwise, you've got most of the other names in the red, led by SIA down more than 3% at 489. Comfort Delgro down more than 2%. DBS down 1.6%. Young Zhejiang Shipbuilding down 1.5%. So you can kind of tell the Omicron jitters are continuing to play out in many of these names, especially the travel-related stocks. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ryan Huang there. Coming up, I'm going to speak with the Global Expansion Manager at Luno. We're going to be talking all things cryptocurrency. That's happening 10.05. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.